Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. We've got an awesome story today of somebody single-handedly holding an establishment together and still being forced into compliance because of ridiculous demands. But first, a story by MF. You want me to spray anti-rust instead of blowing them off with compressed air? Okay. This happened a couple of years ago. Helicopter boss has landed for the most part, and this was a contributor to that. So I'm a manufacturing design engineer for a small company. As a filler, I program and operate wire EDMs, which fill with water and use electricity to cut metal and a basic description. One of our employees decided to buy into the company at 50-50 ownership at the start of the 2020 year. He's already showing the helicopter boss side of him. So I'm doing this diamond trim job on an EDM. When helicopter boss comes by to hover, he walks away and comes back bringing me a spray bottle of WD-40 and asks me to spray it so the parts don't rust and they have to sandblast it after grinding. I raise red flags to this. One, we're a small company and don't have the regular bin systems a big company has, so we use cardboard boxes. I tell them that the WD-40 is going to soak into the box and make it weak. Two, I blow the parts off with a shot of compressed air thoroughly and they don't rust, so it would make more sense to spray it after grind before sending them to the customer. Three, the grinder isn't going to like it. 4. It's a waste of product because the parts aren't rusting with my attentiveness because see number 2. He insists on spraying them down. Okay, I'll spray them down. So after each part is done, I place it in the box and give it one full spray of WD-40. It's a long pull for the spray bottle too. I finally get done after a couple of days and tell helicopter boss they're ready. He comes to grab them. As he does, I tell him, you'll want to wheel the cart they're on over to another bench and slide them on? Nope. He picks it up, and as soon as he turns to walk away with one box, the bottom of the box breaks open and all the parts crash to the concrete floor. He turns back and looks at me, only to see a smug smile on my face. One that just soaks right into you and pushes that button. He throws the box on the floor and power walks away, slamming the door on his way out. I thought about clapping, but I figured that would push him over the edge and can me on the spot. The parts he dropped cost the company at least $15,000, which being a small company is not pocket change. They all had to be re-tipped with industrial synthetic diamond because it's brittle and if dropped, they chip and crack. The specific diamond we used on these is around $750 a disc. Add on the cutting of the discs, labor, brazing the diamond on and retrimming them? Yeah, costly. Would you have the courage to allow that to happen, knowing full well that when they go to pick that box up, it's going to go crashing out of there because that cardboard is ruined? I know OP warned them, but like, you can do a little bit more than just have a warning, especially when they seem to not be taking it to heart. Would you be able to allow them to drop that $15,000 box? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Melvin the Brave. Get in losers, we're complying maliciously. We all do stupid stuff in our 20s. 
Well, for me, it was moving into a shoddy apartment with my fellow mental health risk friend. We were both well aware that we may have to break the lease at some point, so we found an apartment that was just barely within price range and had the option to break the lease early. It was okay at first. There was linoleum peeling up in the bathroom, and if we didn't wipe down the window sills and particularly the far corner ceiling of my bedroom, then we would get mold, but this is Oregon. And as a food stamp family, as I was called in school, I'm familiar with mold. No biggie. Then our washer, which we were paying an extra $100 a month to have in our unit, started leaking. We put in a maintenance request and tack on the peeling linoleum as well, since they'd already be in our unit to fix the washer. They patched up our washer and did a half-butt job repairing the patch of linoleum. A month later, the linoleum, since they had not actually fixed the underlying problem of the peeling linoleum, had come up again. The corner had sliced my foot open, and the bathroom sink, washer, and dishwasher all had problems of one kind or another. They came in again, said that if we wanted them to fix that patch again, it would cost $450 to replace the whole floor. That patch was like a two-foot square, so that just never got repaired. Two months, three hospital trips for my ex-roommate, a still-broken dishwasher that was unusable, a leaky washer, and a close call later. Roommate has POTS, fell down the stairs. We put in a request for accommodation to be released to our respective parents on the grounds of mental and physical disability. They denied the request, simply offering to move us to a downstairs apartment. They don't want to let us out of this lease even though my roommate had attempted twice and almost cracked their head on the stairs? Fine. Malicious compliance incoming. I went through the lease agreement to figure out how much it would be to break the lease. And I quote, Fee to break the lease is $1.50. 1.5 times rent if left blank. Someone either messed up the paperwork or figured that no one would read it. So I put in a 30-day notice of intent to move out with $1.50 worth of quarters in the envelope. Aftermath, they tried to tell us that we couldn't move out because it's 1.5 times rent, not $1.50, threatened us with lawyers, called their bluff, suggested they reread the lease agreement they signed, paid my half of the repairs, and haven't heard from them in like three months. Still keeping all the emails and such in case I get a letter from a lawyer, still have zero intention to pay that 1.5 times rent. This is why it always pays to make sure that you actually do read all of those agreements that you sign. What I think is the worst thing is when you're in a situation where you can sign one of those agreements and it's one of those moments where they set the contract in front of you and they're kind of expecting you to sign it, but you kind of want to read through it first. There's like a weird, awkward pressure going on. Just make sure you know what you're signing. Our next story is from GirlDad0130. Force me to take a lunch with no one else to open the doors for your employees? Enjoy! Some backstory. Okay, so I'm a grocery assistant manager, and in my supermarket chain, that generally means two things, besides what you would expect job functions of such a role to be. One, I work overnights while we're closed, which I love, and I'm the person with the keys to the store to let employees in and out, which I hate. My shift starts at midnight. They're supposed to schedule two key holders during the night shift, specifically so that lunches can be taken. In our state, they're supposed to be taken between the third and fifth hour of work, or the employer must pay an hour of overtime. Well, besides store management, who wouldn't be caught dead on an overnight, there is myself and two other key holders, my fellow assistant, whose schedule they change to only be overnights on my days off, 
and a produce clerk who comes in at 4 a.m. three days a week. This means a minimum of two days a week where I'm the only key holder on duty during my lunch window. Malicious compliance time, they start bugging me to take a lunch. They were getting flagged from corporate about my overtime hours. I said, so you want me to work during my lunch to let people in or out? They aren't dumb enough to say yes to that. They said, well, you know what times people are scheduled, so plan in between. They're right. I do know. I know the people who are always early or late. I know the floor cleaning company has no set time they show up. And I know when the smokers are scheduled for their breaks. And I know there is no 30-minute uninterrupted window for me to take a lunch. After telling the store leadership this and them not listening, I decided to show them and started taking my lunch. The first night, after I got cursed at by a smoker for not leaving the break room to let her out during my lunch and she missed the chance to smoke on her break, I explained my situation to her and got her to redirect her yelling at store management when they showed up. The third night, the floor company called our store during business hours to complain about their rep having to wait outside for 15 minutes to be let in. One night later, a bakery clerk left and went home after being 5 minutes late meaning I wouldn't be answering the door for 20 minutes. That was the last night they made me take a lunch as the only key holder there. I wonder if they realized at the end, with all the issues going on, that it is just easier to pay OP the overtime. It's probably cheaper to pay that overtime two days a week than it would be to hire another key holder. So if OP's okay with doing it, at least they went back on it and allowed it to be functional. Our next story is from SLO Pilot. No parking? No problem. This story dates back to when I was a junior and senior in college many years ago. I went to a university that was divided up into colleges. Think Cambridge or Oxford type thing, but not nearly as fancy. Each college had a small amount of parking right next to the college. I guesstimate there were spots for maybe 20% of the people living there. The other parking lot was a 20 minute walk away, and the walk back was up a pretty darn big hill. They made no allowances for what year you were or anything. The parking permits up by the college were given out purely by lottery. Having been given a remote parking spot in the lottery that year, and being a stupid 20-year-old, several times I parked up by the college, and of course I got parking tickets since I didn't have a parking pass. One day, I arrived at my car as the cop was writing out the ticket. I expressed my dismay, but he then told me something that changed my last two years of college dramatically for the better. He said, You know, the city's so far behind on these tickets that there's no way they're going to catch up to you until after the statute of limitations is up. Now, a fully formed adult would nod and smile and move on. However, I was not a fully formed adult. So I decided I could park anywhere I wanted with reckless abandon, and I did for the next two years. Think parking in red zones right next to my classes, parking directly next to my dorm room, etc. Now, I'm not a savage, I did save all the tickets just in case. So when I graduated, the entire spare tire well in my Honda Civic was completely filled with tickets. Hundreds of them, and I never heard a single word about any of them. Sometimes it takes some immaturity to take the big risks. Thank you, unknown police officer. This is a really good story until somehow there's like some catch where OP writes out this whole story, posts it on Reddit, and then like a week later they finally get a bill for like thousands of dollars. Needless to say though, bad parking does suck. And our final story of the day is by TigerDragon180. You need a better reason than that to work here. An old but good one. 
My first job was at a terrible office supply store, often associated with staplers. Started under a great GM who got transferred to bail out a failing store. Our new guy was fresh from corporate with a name like Joe or John. Most generic, overly smiling white guy who spouts corporate slogans. Well, he drove off all of the cashiers except little old me who was a fresh-faced, just-out-of-high-school idiot. He blocked my transfer to be a tech, approved by the old GM, and, as I said, ran off every cashier. Well, it came to a head one day where he scheduled a tech to cover the register for closing, and the tech didn't show because why would he? He didn't want to sit at a cash register. Naturally, he tells me I have to stay there until someone comes to relieve me. Being young, I just went with it, but had a time I had to be gone by to get to class. That time comes, I make a fuss, and a manager comes to relieve me instead. He decides I'm out of line, not staying past a 12-hour shift and putting class above work. He lays into me about this and how a customer heard me complaining. How unacceptable. Not like he lets me take breaks anyways, so I had nowhere else to complain at. It culminates in this big, what was probably supposed to be an inspiring speech, about what motivates me to which I frankly say money. What else motivates a minimum wage cashier to work there? This makes him quite upset as he babbles that it's not a good enough reason, demands I go home. My shift is well passed over and I got class that I'm late for and that I should look deep inside myself and I better find another reason or else. Or else this job isn't a good fit for me and he wants it to be a good fit or else because he sees big things in my future, manager things. So naturally, I change in the bathroom and go to class, thinking long and hard, and come back to hand in my two weeks, as clearly, I wasn't a good fit. Then a day later, after a terrible closing shift, I just don't come back. Even told the closing manager, wouldn't it be funny if I just didn't come in to open tomorrow? Which was met by a very serious stern, don't even joke like that, it's not funny. To which I replied, who said I'm joking? before walking away and never speaking to them again. Probably not as funny as I thought. Most of the funny parts were his face. The shock when his inspirational heart-to-heart had me quitting rather than pledging allegiance to the company. And the managers when it dawned on them that I was just done. By all means, I complied. I couldn't find a reason besides money, so I found another job that night that was a better fit. And I was going to joke about not coming in. But they annoyed me being all serious about not joking like that. So, it wasn't a joke anymore. I'm not gonna lie, if you bring in just about any minimum wage cashier, who, especially if it's their first job, sit them down and ask them what motivates them to work there and show up every day, I bet you at least 95% of them are going to say, Money, duh. This is seriously like the worst of the worst type of people to work with, the kind that are like, Alright guys, company pride, we're gonna have allegiance and we're going to show up energized to work here at Staples. Big old smiles on our faces, we're gonna help everybody out, we're gonna show them where the toner is. And we'll keep those big bright beaming smiles on our faces, even when the creepy guy comes back to get photocopies of those weird images. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 